People say he ain't no good And I'm crazy as a loon Cause I shave my head in the morning And pick guitar in the afternoon Just like old Chief and Charlie I like to lay around in the shade Well I ain't got no money But you better believe I got it made Cause I ain't asking nobody for nothing Just leave this bald-headed country boy alone. What's up, folks? Thank y'all for tuning into the Josh Terry Podcast. Uh, I want to thank all of our sponsors that make this show possible, but especially today we want to focus on one. Uh, it's our only lifetime sponsor we have right now, but Project K9 Hero. They're involved in everything that we try to do. I love everything that they do. Uh, sadly, this week we were supposed to be in Nashville with them, but because of weather and because of another engagement that I just cannot reschedule, we're going to miss it this year. We went to the first one, but we missed the last two years. Uh, we also have some other guests in the studio with us, but I want to introduce you to both of our friends. One's in, I guess you're at your ranch right now, aren't you, Jason? Yeah, we're down here at our Project K9 Hero Rehab Rehome Facility in uh, Tennessee, 177-acre sanctuary to keep these heroes alive when they have no place to go after their service. And, uh, dude, I appreciate everything that you do. And I'm ready for you to meet our guys uh, and our girls real fast. But, Mr. Stephen Cochran, I want you to introduce yourself and drop a little bit of info about you real fast before we get started. Hey, guys. Yeah, I'm a United States Marine veteran, singer-songwriter here in Nashville. I've been blessed to have a few songs on the radio but here recently, we uh, started running a non-for-profit called Stop 22, where we take injured singer-songwriters who've had some success in some of their upcoming. We let them go on the road and kind of share their stories through songs and explain some of the songs that you may have heard on the radio or may have not. It's called the Stop 22 Tour. We travel with the GWAT Wall of Remembrance. It's the, uh, the only moving wall uh, memorial that we've got to Iraq and Afghanistan veterans. We go on the wall on the, on the tour with that. And then recently... We just uh, launched our first ever nonprofit veteran-owned record label, record management company called Label 22, which we're blessed to have Jason on, uh, Operation or Project uh, Hero, Project K9 Hero on for our uh, country radio seminar show February 29th. So, man, just trying to link all these shields together of all these great military organizations, everybody working in their own lane, trying to do what we do best, coming together, trying to defeat all the things that we have in the veteran you know, plight together. Well, I appreciate y'all letting me be involved, not being a veteran whatsoever, kind of being the piece of shit of the group. Uh, so uh, I very much appreciate it. Um, Steven, it's a pleasure to meet you, boss. I'm going to introduce you to the folks we got in-house with us. Uh, Miss Brooklyn, uh, she is also a veteran. She's one of our good buddies. She's got a big social media personality and presence, and uh, I figured we have her come along tonight, and uh, that way she can learn a little about Project K9 Hero and your organization too, Steven. Um, and then my buddy who's been on a bunch of shows with us lately, Mr. Cam Harden, he just got off a of big brother, America's favorite, who's also a veteran. Uh, that's kind of more of what we'll focus on tonight with him instead of, you know, just being a reality TV star all of a damn sudden. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, just want to thank y'all for coming and hanging out. And I'm excited that we get to be a part and promote, uh, this coming up Thursday and your event now next month at Whiskey Mint. So Jason, yeah. uh, how about we start off? And uh, you kind of tell Brooklyn and Cam, who don't know, uh, they know the meat and taters about Project K9 Hero. 
but you got a new room, new group of folks to talk to. Why don't you kind of explain to them a little bit about what you do and the event this uh, coming up Thursday? Yeah, first and foremost, thank you. Uh, we're a national nonprofit, and we take care of retired police canines and military working dogs. So these are dogs that, A, uh, don't have a home to go to in retirement, aggressive issues, uh, handler can't take them, family issues. We have a facility here where we keep about 10% of the dogs in our program. We try to get them back out there into the world where they're going to live a good retirement. And the other 90% stay with their handler because a lot of people know that dogs stay with their handler after they serve in the military or the police. But we help with their medical care, They uh, where they get down with lymphoma, they get down cancer, other issues. A lot of people don't know when you leave the military, they don't have a VA program like we have when we leave the police department. It's on their handler and me as a former handler and, um, you know, someone who served in the military, served in civilian police and served in federal government. I know for a fact we don't get extra money to take care of that. So it gets put on them and I don't want to see them going to personal financial debt or hero go without specifically a, a canine hero. So uh, I started the organization in 16, took $500 in my pocket, was still in the government. I just worked hard day by day trying to build it up. And here we are in 2024, approaching the $20 million mark total raised, uh, about four and a half million the last couple of years each, and uh, doing great events like uh, this coming up Thursday, Nashville Palace, Performers for Paws, third annual fundraiser, over 25 artists, live auction, silent auction. And some of our heroes are going to share their stories of how they served our nation, protected our communities, and now how our organization is protecting them. It's a stacked-ass lineup this year, too. Uh, the past two years have been good, but, dude, you stacked it this year. Well, we got Steven, and I think that put us over the top. <laughs> Damn right it did. Uh, <laughs> Steven, uh, how did y'all get involved with Project K9 Hero? Man, you know, so I'll tell you how me and Jason met. Uh, <laughs> it's a weird story. Um, I uh, I was friends with the uh, late Ralphie May, uh, comedian. Everybody knows uh, Ralphie. He was a great comedian. And uh, he was doing a set at Zany's here in Nashville. My buddy, uh, Adam Dredd, who's actually the MC for our event, February 29th, is a lawyer here in Nashville. And he invited me out to see Ralphie. So I'm watching Ralphie. I go to the bathroom. And while I'm in the bathroom, you know, everybody likes to be approached while you're in the bathroom. It's it's always <laughs> it's never awkward at all. Like never. So, you know, I'm using the bathroom. And Jay's like, hey, man, <laughs> like, I know you. And so we we became friends since then, man. I've watched him build this thing. And it's been it's been great to watch. Uh, him him do what he does for for these for these veterans of with four, four legs because like he said you come home we have the VA and whether you like the VA or not it's there and it's there to help yeah. us but they don't have that and so you, you know you think about it these handlers they were serving their country they they got their time in and then they come home but yet they're still indebted to taking care of their four legged counterpart that they served with that should be taken care of. I'm just glad Jason's there to do it. And uh, I'm just, man, I'm so proud of him. I love the dude. So, and plus he got a guy I served with working with him. Willie, Willie down there, Willie Hansen's helping him too. So I love Willie and it's good to see him working with Jason too. Yeah. yeah. Jason and me kind of have the same uh, meeting each other. Uh, loud night at Live Oak, uh, Hasten was like, hey, y'all two got to meet each other. Y'all, he, he would be great for the show. I think it was almost three years ago now. And we've, we've, it's yeah. a pleasure working with Jason and everything that they do since then. Me and, me and Steven go back. That was 2013. I was still in the government and I uh, just happened to be there taking a show at Zany's. I was living outside of DC and uh, there, there's a lot more to it with Steven and I know that we both serve in the military and we're both connected with a lot of veteran nonprofits and everything we do, but we're, we both have roots back home in Michigan, just mm -hmm. outside of Detroit. Uh, no Lions! 
Woo! Almost to the exact same suburb of uh, of Detroit, Oakland County, Waterford, Michigan, where I went to elementary school. So, uh, you know, we have a lot of hometown. We do a lot of events back in Detroit. Both of us do. We're, we're going to do some stuff here this summer. Um, yeah, I'm being honored by the Red Wings on February 10th on my birthday um, as the salute to service. The Pistons have honored us. Uh, do so many events back home in Detroit. So always try, even though we live in Tennessee now, um, mainly because it's a much nicer place to live. Uh <laughs> We're always trying to give back to our hometown. Yeah, it's funny how everybody all of a sudden on Sunday became a Lions fan, by the way. Dude, I, not I, us. All not us. You know, uh, we were actually on the phone with each other about to cry last night because it's two <laughs> kids. My grandparents lived where I spent all my summers. I spent every summer in Michigan with my grandparents where they were one of those Kentucky transplants that went up to work for GM. And so I could hear – you know, we were too poor to go to the Silverdome, but we could hear Barry Sanders breaking big runs. So to get this far as an adult, I told my kid last night, I was like, hey, man, you only had to do 14 years as a Lions fan. I've done 44 years of this bull crap. So finally, you know, we, we get some relief to to get to see it come to, uh, to a, maybe a Super Bowl, hopefully a Super Bowl, but at least yeah. I'll take this right now. I'll take this feeling. <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah. Don't, try, don't try to get greedy now. I, <laughs> we, uh, me and Cam are both Georgia fans. So like we grew up yeah. here in Georgia, so it took us yeah. from eighty one to it took us forty years. Yeah, we never. Yeah. Saw yeah. It. I'm, I'm thirty six, and he's like, what are you two years younger than me? Yeah, and we didn't see the Braves win one since ninety five. So you yeah. know, so we we yeah, had we, to, we had to take a hot ass minute. You know, and the Falcons. Yeah. I don't even want to talk about it. So oh, they're never know. they're never gonna fucking win. They're gonna get built. <laughs> Let's go. And we you know we got we had Stafford for like twelve years, which came from Georgia. And uh, my buddy used to joke around all the time. He'd go, man, I can't wait till next season so we can ruin some other kid's dream. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was, dude, I was, I was upset when the, when the Lions got rid of Stafford and then he went to the Rams, did big things. And now golf's there. And I'm like, man, what a, what a storyline. You can't beat, like I'm, I'm pulling for the Lions right now. I just, I just am. Yeah. I don't, know, anything, how, I don't know how you can't at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm just happy. This is we're in no man's land. So, like I said, I didn't know what to do with my hands last night. I was just jumping up. <laughs> Neighbor yeah, thought I was weird. Well, we don't I thought, win much. We don't know what to do with it. I yeah. thought I was going to be a Bills guy this playoffs, and then last night got my heart broke on that. Which I ain't a Bills fan, but it was just like now I know who I'm rooting for the rest of the. I mean, I was time. pulling for Leonard. Yeah. Is Leonard on the Bills? Yeah, yeah. No shit. Yeah. No. What's funny where we're from? Uh, the three most popular people, whether it's social media or real life are me cam and a guy named leonard floyd who is a defensive end who went to georgia won a what he won a super bowl with uh rams with the rams right yeah, and yeah. now he's with the bills yeah. i didn't know if he was even still playing yeah hell playing he was he was an integral part of that defense this year interested what he does this coming up season well uh steven let me ask you real fast uh because i know you've got some songs in the in the and your arsenal. What are you doing? Because now I can con uh, Jason to come into it. What are you doing February the seventh? Uh, I'll actually be in Michigan. I'm going up to watch them uh, honor honor Jason with the Red Wings. Uh, we we've paired with, like I said, you know, we're trying to get these organizations linked together. There's a great organization in Michigan called Vet Life that we're we're starting to work with. That uh, I, I played their Vet Fest last year, and so I think that you know, like he said, we're we're pa we're pairing all these Michigan organizations together but looking at what we can do nationally you know and go out and just spread out what we do so you have a lot of these major organizations that want to concentrate on trying to fix everything as a whole but they lose what their niche is and that's kind of what we're doing we're just trying to make a a, a series of organizations who really are good at what they do 
Gotcha. Yeah, I want to add something to that, Josh, real quick. Uh, you know, especially for Brooklyn and Cam in the room. Man, I got a philosophy. If veterans just focus on helping other veterans, the whole community would be great. If the vet, if every veteran focused, how can I help this veteran or agency or this veteran veteran organization? And all of us veterans just helped each other, we would never have a problem in the world. Well, that's, that's so why true. I do my best to try to bring y'all together too. It's because like y'all, there's stuff that y'all went through that I'll never understand. But I, I've heard Cam tell stories. I've heard Brooklyn tell stories. I've heard a lot of our vet friends tell stories. That's why we try to do our best to mash up the good ones like y'all. Yeah, Steven's got a great song out called When the Hero Falls, which is one of my favorite. And maybe we can get him played at the event on uh next third or this Thursday. But um it's just a it's just a great song from his from his time when when he was deployed in combat, which uh, really rings true to me uh every time I hear it. Steven, do you work at all with creative events? I do, man. I actually, I got a funny story about how I met uh, Casper when Richard I first came Richard to town. So oh, dude, he's, I love Richard. And when he first came to town, uh, I was in a rough spot. I'd, I was one of you know the first combat vets that signed a record deal out of Iraq and Afghanistan. And so I went to just live my dream. And man, at that point, I would have signed over anything to go live the dream. And so I was one of those guys that got maybe caught up in uh, some contracts or something maybe I shouldn't have been a part of. And so... Uh, Casper came and was talking about starting Creative Vets, a good buddy of ours uh, that that of mine and Jason's, Travis McVeigh, who owns Heroes Vodka. Uncle uh, Travis. Yeah, he had said, uh, hey, man, I got this Marine coming to town. He's starting this uh, this non-for-profit, and he wants to meet with you to kind of, like, pick your brain on how, how you know, he think you could help him out in music. And I'm in the middle of a lawsuit with the record labels. You know, I'm, I'm getting hammered for millions of dollars and all this other stuff that I've never had. And so I was a little bit, a little bit deterred at the uh, the music business, to say the least. So Richard comes into Tin Roof to meet with me, and I'm about seven whiskeys in by the time he gets there. So I'm real good and lubed up and ready to just <laughs> let it fly. And he's like, "Man, uh, what advice do you got to give to me uh, to start an organization in music?" And I don't remember this, but he told me like six years later. I turned and looked at him. I said, "Run, motherfucker, run! They're gonna steal your goddamn soul." <laughs> <laughs> uh any uh, like, thank I, god he didn't thank god he didn't <laughs> hey they're, they're a special breed over there any anybody like y'all richard Kyle, all of them over there uh there's only a few oh, yeah there's only a few organizations i'll work with um project K9 hero obviously uh mission 22 we've got a branch down here that we're yep. close with with mr ken bohannon down at fort stewart um and creative vets and now mm -hmm. it sounds like we got another one that's, oh and blazer 88 Blazer 88 is a local group of guys that are up in uh, – I can't remember where they're from, but they've been on the show. I want to connect, especially um, Jason, with them. Man, I'm telling you, it's it's great, great organization that they're starting up there. But it's like Jason said a while ago, it's a group of guys that are wanting to help out other veterans and they're wanting to do it for the right reasons. And that's, it's, there's something special about when people come together, vets come together, and try to look after themselves. Well, and it's so weird that you brought up creative vets because like just a few days ago, me and Casper were texting because of what we, we were talking about with Vet Life up in Michigan. They have this large concert they put on called Vet Fest. Yeah. And so Jason's going to be there. And then uh, Creative Vets has a mobile songwriting uh, trailer that's going to be operational by then. They're going to bring it up and some of the stop 22 uh, veterans are going to write songs for veterans there on the spot in their in their songwriting trailer. So, again, man, just linking these yeah. these groups together. 
Be, speaking of which, we got to talk to Chris Bickle. I ain't talked to him in a long time. Oh, yeah. Have y'all met Chris Pick, Bick, Is it Bickle? Bickle, yeah. I always say his name wrong. With Creative Vets. He's a he's an operator. I mean, like, I mean. He'll make you run through a fucking wall. For he's fun. done some stuff. And now now he just wants to give his give everything he's got to writing songs for veterans and writing down their story. So, yeah, we got to give him a call, Josh. We definitely can. Uh, so, Jason, tell us, uh, since everybody's kind of got a little bit more insight to both of y'all's organizations. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about Thursday. And because uh, I know like later tonight, the three of us are going to go on live and try to bring some awareness, try to get some people yep. to project K9Hero.org uh, to make donations and other stuff um, tonight. Uh, just kind of give them a little bit more about information about the performance for Paul's this week. Yeah, so it's going to be Thursday at the Nashville Palace. It's our third year there. Like you said, we've had some great uh, artists line up in the past. This year's exceptional as well and it's 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 about bringing uh music to um our mission and doors open at five um we're gonna have some just a couple artists up there kind of playing as the doors open at six the show officially starts national anthem uh miss danielle peck from uh, sirius xm's y2 countries our host for the second year in a row and danielle danielle and i are old friends go back a long time and she she does a great job of speaking for our nonprofit and donating her time. And then we're going to start off with the, the first round, Steven and a couple other artists will be up there at six. Um, and then, you know, so forth, we have about an hour, an hour of music, a break, an hour of music and goes to 10. But in those breaks is what's really important. We're going to have special guests and canine heroes come on. And we're going to tell their stories, stories that are going to be heroic videos. We're going to show where they were injured in the line of duty, shot in the line of duty, paralyzed in the line of duty, and how our organizations paying their medical bills for life. You're going to meet those heroes. You're going to get up, see, see, and hear from them what Project Canine Hero means to them. And some of these, some of these dogs, we spend twenty five, thirty thousand dollars on, you know, annually. And if it wasn't for us, they'd be dead. Um, if it wasn't for us, that handler might be in thirty thousand dollar credit card debt. But here we are helping them, and that's what it's really about, you know. And there's going to be the silent auction, the live auction, and the music's going to be great. And, you know, if you will go down the line of artists, we, we know Jesse Keith Whitley's on there and a bunch of other people. We got Tyler Braden on this year. Um, just some great names. Carolyn Don Johnson's going to going to be on there. And, uh, you know, not only is the music going to be great, but it's it's all the point towards the mission and the cause. And, and and that's why I spend just as much time focusing on these dog stories, because a lot of people just don't know. You know, before we met, Josh, you didn't know, you know, and I think maybe before Stephen's been watching me since day one. I mean. We became friends in 13, so he knew me when I was still in the government and kind of was able to watch me start it from zero to now. But, um, you know, even even part of my mission is to speak with Congress and put bills in legislation. And I work on that every day. And, you know, we're much more than an organization just takes in money and pays a dog bill. I'm trying to change the way these heroes are treated for life. Generations to follow when we're all gone. And so that's that's really my thing. And anyone who spent two seconds with me knows that. But we're going to we're going to make sure the people there really know it. And then the big thing this year is we took it to another level in corporate sponsorships. Over 40 corporate sponsors, already over six figures raised in corporate sponsorships before we even start the show. And if you guys know, I know you do events and I know you do sponsors and fundraising. Six figures pre-show is a big deal. 40 sponsorships. Sonic Automotive, a title sponsor this year. Lamar Advertising on Nashville. You know, we got our billboards up. I think Stephen might have even seen a few. Mm -hmm. Um you know, we're, we're just killing it in that area. And that was my focus from day one, corporate sponsorships. And uh, we couldn't do it without all those. So I'm excited. I know it's going to be a great show. 
anyone who's been before knows that. And if you have been, we got a few tables left, a few sponsorship opportunities left. Again, projectk9hero.org. You can click on top of the website and boom, um, you can probably still get in. I might have to call it sold out here in the next day or two. We are appearing live on uh, Circle TV on uh, Cody Coffee and Country in the morning there. Me and Carolyn Don Johnson and K9 Yubi um, Thursday. And we might be, we might have the market sold out before that, depending on, because uh, I don't, I don't want to overcrowd it, but uh, we're, it's, it's going to be amazing. And uh, also too, what I've always thought that's been cool about it is you have kind of mixed it together with some of the dogs that are popular on social media too. Yep. Yeah. So Mattis will be there. Uh, you know, we helped save Mattis. You know, he had bloat about $8,000. We paid all his bills when he got returned. But you go to TikTok and look up K9 Mattis. He has five and a half million followers. Um, probably more followers than any dog that I know of in the world. And um, not only that is, uh, you know, we're going to be doing a promotion. We have, uh, I have it right here to show you guys. Mattis, we started his own Huggle Hound. We're going to have a hundred of these there. And uh, they're going to be, for sale hundred dollars a piece and uh you know hopefully we'll sell them all out and he, he's going to be signing a certificate of adoption of each one and you can get a picture with mattis and his mattis huggle hound for those who can't see the video uh they're on our they're on our website on our store at projectk9hero.org so mattis is going to be there i mean you know I've, in the past we've had a lot of artists come up like hey all my fans say i gotta get a photo with mattis you know big stars and everything everyone's just talking about mattis so yeah, he'll be there, and uh, we got one special guest, and then uh, K9 Dozer, who was paralyzed uh, last August in Michigan, Grand Rapids, Michigan. His car got T-boned, and he couldn't walk, and he's starting to be able to walk again, but he's going to be there. And uh, these are just amazing stories of, of dogs that served, like I said, and, and and who's there who's there to protect them? Well, we are. Yeah, that's what's always got me with it. I can watch any movie in the world where a person gets injured and it doesn't bother me at all, you let one fucking dog get its toenail bit back. Oh my God. And I'm a crybaby. I just, there's something about a dog that is not only man's best friend. It's like the friend we don't have. Like it's just everything that we've never had in another person. And the fact that you came up with the organization to where it takes care of them family members. It's, it's just my favorite fucking thing, dude. Yeah, and not like I said, not a lot of people say, well, Jason, doesn't the handler get to keep the dog? And we talked about this. Yeah, they do. And that's where that 90% is. But there's another 10% that can be euthanized otherwise. And, you know, that's why we have the facility out here in Tennessee. And that's, you know, that's why we're here to make sure that, hey, just think about this as for the other veterans in the room. And, you know, Stephen, what if we train soldiers and Marines to be so, so lethal that, Hey, well, your time's up. You're not really fitting in with the public. We got to euthanize you now because you you just don't fit in over there. We you can't be out there mixed around with all these people. So that's what happens to these dogs. That they, they get to such a level that they're too aggressive. But we selected them to be that way. We trained them to be that way. We asked them to be that way. And when it comes time to retire, well, that's too much for the rest of the world. And and, and now and now we have to do something. But we have a sanctuary here that we make sure that doesn't happen. You said a lot right there, man. That's a that's a that's a firm analogy. A lot of times I felt like I didn't belong after I got out. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I, I was going to say this. I yeah. was going to say the same thing, man. I was going to say as an O three Marine, I know how the dogs feel. Like you come back and you feel like maybe you should be euthanized because you don't fit yeah. in anywhere. No. Yeah. That that's... was that was a struggle. Um, and it wasn't even that. It wasn't even um, lethality. It wasn't any sort of mental state that I was in. It was just uh, a feeling of um, aloneness. And like, I, I didn't like no one shared 
No one shared my opinions on things. No one shared my my insight and the things that we we'd gone through. I couldn't necessarily just talk to you know Joe Schmo, my next door neighbor, about what we'd encountered. So you know, you're away from everything that you knew that was normal, and a dog is so trusting. They're so they they just need, you know. And like I think that that's a beautiful thing that if we could draw from that analogy of how much a dog needs. And if we put that much attention on how much these guys need coming back home too, um, everybody that gets out, it's, it would, you're exactly right. Uh, help the veterans as absolute most as possible. And uh, normally I'm, I'm normally I'm, I'm, I talk a lot on these things, but everything that you guys are talking about is so right down the plate for me that I'm just so interested and it's so serious, but I mean, it's lighthearted because you guys are having such a great time doing this and I cannot wait to get more involved with all of this. Yeah. But you should yeah. come up Thursday. Yeah. Uh, I'll oh, put you on the list, man. Absolutely. Be my guest. Well, that's why Josh and I and and Brooklyn we're going we're going we're going to try to do this uh, live to raise some some awareness and some money. Um, but you know, we we won't be able to make it up on Thursday. Um, but I I want to I really want to get involved with this, man. I love this stuff. Thank you so much for talking to us. I love yeah, that. absolutely. That's what I'm telling but you. February 29th on your uh, calendars, guys. You guys can come out that. We'll treat y'all like kings and queens, man. We'll take 29th. care of you. Real- we can do February 29th. I can do a yeah. leap year. I can do that. Yeah, uh, my- Dude, I, the guy that owns – one of my buddies is a Marine that owns Whiskey Bent, and I thought he was fucking with me. Like, I called him, and I was like, hey, man, I need some dates for Country Radio Seminar to do our label launch. And he's like, yeah, dude, February 29th is all yours. And I was How like, about, yeah, no, I don't know, man. How about March 32nd? I'm a little tight <laughs> for that month. <laughs> exactly. Right. And I just kept telling him, I'm like, dude, okay, seriously, I need a date. And he's like, yeah, man, February 29th. And I was like, look, man, I know I'm a Marine, but like, I know the, I know dates. And he was like, dude, it's a leap year. And I was like, oh shit, man. I am a crayon eater, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. I'll set aside oh, your crayons. fake date. We'll look at it. Yeah, we can, we can make, we can definitely do that one. But what's cool to me is just the way Cam and Brooklyn, she's being a little quiet, but just the way you can I'm see sorry. both. Of- I'm like waiting on, you know, I don't want to interrupt. It's really interesting. It, it's like so interesting. Yeah. I like really find a place yeah. to jump in. I'm right, so, right, but you guys right. are explaining this stuff so well. I don't want to get in the way. I, I try to tell everybody that I do like with, when I work with the organization, when I have them on the show or whatever, I am so picky. I don't like anybody. I think everybody's full of shit most of the fucking time. I think everybody's out for themselves most of the time. That when you find an organization, like the ones that have been mentioned here tonight, especially Project K9 Hero, it's like you you know that he's not full of shit. You know that the people that Jason surrounds himself with isn't full of shit. You see him making a difference. It's one of those things to where people ask me, hey, why do you want to take your time out to do shit like this? Raise money, raise awareness, drive people to the website, projectk9hero.org, by the way. Everybody, they got great gear you can go buy and shit too. Like, yeah, he, Steven's got some on. Everybody's got some on. Uh, it's when you hear the story and you hear the passion and you hear why. That's my thing. I'm a why guy. I don't want to hear you just say, oh, I started this organization. I want to hear why. And when you hear the passion behind you guys, it's like, oh, yeah, I'll run through a brick wall doing whatever I can to help, especially when a, there's not enough people that know about it. That's what right. pisses me off. You And, like, I told Jason this a 100 times. You can have some big-titty bitch on TikTok shaking her ass and get 20 million views on a video, but, Come you, on now. <laughs> but you post something to save a veteran or a military law enforcement dog's life, 
Cricket. And it's cricket. Crickets. And it's fucking bullshit. Yep. Unless you have people that want to push the narrative. Listen, man. That's very that's very true. I would like to hear Brooklyn's uh favorite story about about a dog or a military police dog that she's ever met or encountered in her service. <gasps> okay, I've never encountered anything to do with a police dog, but I do want to say <laughs> that, that one I'm, time you that, went to jail. Well, we haven't <laughs> talked about that. <laughs> no, I'm really excited to be here because I have wanted to find like a brand or a company or a nonprofit that's military related that I can start using to create content with because I am former military, but I've not found anything that I resonate with yet. I also wanted to ask you, because you said it really fast in the beginning, you were talking about how you got started, um, what you, like the money that you used to get started. I would like to know more about like what... I guess like drew you that way. Like, did you work with dogs while you were in the military? Is that why you wanted to start it? Like where did yeah, that I can, yeah, I can explain that real quick. So I started in 1993. I was an army MP, uh, did a lot of field work and I did some stuff in Intel. I, I wanted to get out and become a police SWAT canine guy. I never had the opportunity to work with dogs while I was an MP. Um, 93 to 98 just didn't offer as many opportunities. Then it's just my age, you know, I came in when I was 18, but I got out and, Went over to uh, Tacoma, Washington area, uh, city of Puyallup Police. Started working with the dogs at Tacoma Metro K-9 when I was just 23 years old. Uh, I was the youngest police officer on the department. It was a great agency to work for, putting on the bite sleeve at 2 a.m., you know, laying tracks, doing all that. Went over to Yakima PD, um, which is between Spokane there and, and Seattle. Uh, again, I, I volunteered hundreds of hours of my time and uh, from 99 to 05. I volunteered as a quarry and running dogs and doing everything I could to create a position. My unit didn't have a um, narcotics canine position and we got a new chief and we started a interdiction program. There's a lot of meth and heroin and stuff up in Washington state at that time. And uh, I was the youngest one to apply and I got it and ended up with 3000 deployments, 2200 fines with my dog flash. She went on to be the law enforcement dog of the year in America in 2018 and on American humane. And uh, got recruited by Blackwater. Uh, a lot of you military guys know Blackwater. I don't know Steven does. I went to Iraq and Afghanistan as a dog handler for the U.S. ambassador. I did explosive detection. Wow. I was the primary dog handler used in Iraq in 2008 elections. And I was the primary dog handler used in 2009 elections in Afghanistan for Department of State, U.S. ambassador, stuff like that. We did everything. The U.S. president on down, secretary of state, uh, things of that nature. Uh, when I left Afghanistan, uh, the end of 2009, Start in 2010, I got recruited and got a job at the ATF at the National Academy outside of D.C. And there I trained over 2,000 dogs for the government. And we're talking FBI, CIA, Marshals, NGA, um, all branches of the military. I did their pre-deployment training in Yuma, Arizona before they went overseas. So all these dogs that went overseas, probably closer to Stevens era, um, you know, and a little bit after Stevens era, uh, dogs I worked with, training them to find homemade explosives. Wanted to get out of that and get more operational. So in 2015, I went back to Homeland Security and these dogs you see in the airport to sniff passengers for explosive. I was a field canine coordinator for that. Did like red team assessments and helped with their certification. We had uh, 1,300 dogs underneath us at that time. I was a DC employee, but I was able to live back in Detroit where I'm from. Uh, kept an office at the Detroit airport and became a person in the government that a dog handler would come to when it was time to retire. Maybe it was an injury, health issues, and I would physically take it out of service and sign it over to that handler, but I'd also remove it from financial responsibility of the government. I actually did that myself. And I thought to myself, that doesn't seem right. Here, here are these dogs working as hard as they can, and here I am taking them out of service 
and giving them to their handler, but we're not going to pay any bills. So I thought I was going to, you know, make a change. I wanted to be someone who, 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 who was able to really identify what the problem was, be able to speak about it at the highest level possible and implement a program to make sure these dogs are taken care of. So that's when I took the $500 in my pocket while I was still government employee. That was in 16, March of 16. I stayed in the government to 17, January 17, because I'll tell anybody who wants to run a nonprofit, it's never going to get to the levels you want to get unless you treat it like a business full time. If you just have all volunteers and do part time, it'll always be that way. But you want to take it to a 5 million and a 10 million and 20 million, the largest in the world, like I want to do with mine. And we're, we're almost there right now. Anyway, you got to have a staff, you got to have full-time people backing you. You got to have marketing director, fundraising director, um, director of facilities, program services, graphic artists, all these things now. And that's how we do as much as we do. We have, I talked about 40 sponsors for performance for pause over six figures raised before we start. We have we have over 130 corporations we work with. You know, we we work on grants. I had a bill in Congress called the Canine Hero Act in 2019. I'm getting ready to re-release. So all these things happened because of that. And and it never really would have happened if I wouldn't have quit my job, followed my passion, and chased my dreams. And and you got to think at the time I was 41 years old. I was a you know GS13 equivalent, uh, GS14 equivalent type employee. So that's you know equivalent. You know, as military people, that's equivalent to a lieutenant colonel, a colonel. Uh, full-time retirement, full-time pension, deferred compensation package, leave. Well, I don't have any of that stuff anymore. I walked away from all those guarantees in my life so I could do this. And that's why we work on it seven days a week. And that's why we give it as much as we can, because there's no plan B for me. And if someone wants to start a nonprofit and do that, I would I would express to them, it's got to be your passion. If it's not, it's not going to be successful. You can't have a plan B. You can't do it part-time. It's got to be full time and it's got to be all you got to live and breathe it like Josh knows I do and Stephen knows I do every day. So that's that's how I got into it. That's kind of and that's what's made us successful. Thank you for sharing. Did you say that you were 41 when you started the nonprofit? Yes. Uh, so it would have been uh, March of 16. Yeah, I was, I was born 75. So, yep. Well, yeah, I just love that because I feel like a lot of the times people feel like they're too old or it's too late. To like start mm -hmm. start a nonprofit, yes. chase your dreams, start let, the business. Yeah. Well, let me talk about that real quick because a lot of people would have just stayed in the yeah. government. They would have stayed in the government and got that retirement, you know, and that wasn't my style. And I would I would also say at no time before that age was I ready to do this. And I'm talking about building a Rolodex. I'm talking about meeting all the people that I've met over the years, like Stephen and Uncle Travis. We talked about. You need to know all these people because every every opportunity that comes our way personal connections. That's how I know all you guys already. I know Steven from personal connection I made. I know Josh from personal connection from a, a Hasten lot who, who owns the live Oak who introduced us and me and Steven make a living on introducing people to each other, a group text all day. He's just got me on a podcast back home in Michigan, you know? So everything's a personal connection. And I wasn't ready until I was that age. You know, if I tried it at 27, 29, no chance. We, we would have failed. Why? When I met him in a bathroom, I thought it was going to be a whole kind of different personal connection, to be honest. With you. <laughs> Why? Why? Because I didn't have the know-how or the knowledge. And, you know, um, I hadn't met enough people in my life to get me where I wanted to go um, yeah, to do at the level that I'm doing at. You know, now we can pick up the phone and we can make these calls and we can line things up. But I, I, I didn't have the availability at that age. I hadn't, I hadn't traveled enough. I hadn't met enough people. I hadn't put my name out there enough. But now, but now we're there.
Yeah, I'm a big believer in you don't know what you are supposed to do until you actually get there. Like, I think everything that you do is preparing you for your forever job, the thing that you're going to be passionate about, yeah. the thing that you actually want to get up and work and grind for every day. But you don't know what that's going to be until it's till it's on you. And there's too many people that want to say, oh, I'm 25. I got to know what I'm going to do the rest of my life. And that's not the fucking case. I didn't start doing radio until I was 30. I didn't start the show until I was 33, 30, yeah, 34, I guess. I'll be 36 this year. So, like, you, you just don't know. But when that thing gets put in your plate that you're passionate about and you know that's what you're supposed to be doing, it's obvious to you every single day that everything I've been through was for this. Mm -hmm. yeah, I thought I wanted to be a, a SWAT canine handler my whole life. And I was a SWAT operator and, and canine guy. And by the time I got 33, I was like, okay, um, maybe I should do something more now. And, you know, um, but up until that point, I had never given another thought of another career. Most people, when they get in that position in life, they would, especially when you get in the position I was in the U S government where like I was the lead instructor of the ATF Academy or working in Homeland, nobody ever quits those jobs. That's unheard of to quit a, a, a you know, a lifetime job like that. You know, if I was still in, I'd probably be up to Pentagon senior executive service or something just, you know, but Hey, you know, it's funny, and, and Stephen will know this, and maybe Cam in Brooklyn too, but, you know, the government calls me a lot more now that I'm out of the government than when I was ever in, and they call me for help, and, hey, can you come speak at this, and can you help with our programs, and, you, hey, we have a thing, can you can you be the guest speaker, and, um, you know, because I'm out there helping their dogs, and they see what I'm doing, and they can't do it because their hands are tied because they're still in the government. Well, I had to quit the government to do this, you know, no way could... I mean, it's my job to go out there and speak the truth. So I'm able to tell the truth now. I'm able to tell what happens to these dogs in retirement. I can tell how they get euthanized. I can tell the real stories that the government's afraid to tell the public. That's my job. That's what people donate to my organization for, for me to be the voice for the voiceless. So, you know, it's just a, it's just an honor for me to be able to do that. And uh, again, going back to what Brooklyn asked, I didn't have enough connections to get all those calls like I do now, but it, it's nothing for agencies like CIA, NSA, or any of those units to call me up for help. And I'm honored. I'm a hundred percent honored that they know, Hey, call Jason. He can help. Well, you keep that in mind when I call you, I need a speeding ticket or something. Dude, <laughs> yeah. right. I can't help you at that. You can figure something out. They'll get one erased. <laughs> you done help some dog somewhere. Yeah. It's like, you know what? I got a buddy. He He's knows got enough a shitty people. criminal record. Let's get some of shit off there. And Josh is a dog. <laughs> don't 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 get it twisted. Well, uh, Stephen, real fast before we get off here, since we got another minute or two, tell them about where they can make donations, everything to your organization. Once again, go check out projectk9hero.org. Merchandise donations. Uh, the event is this uh, Thursday, the twenty seventh. Twenty fifth. Twenty fifth. Yep. Oh, because I have an event the twenty seventh. That's why I'm stupid. Twenty <laughs> fifth at Nashville Palace. Uh, go online. Please check all that kind of stuff out. Please follow more than anything. Follow Project K9 Hero on all platforms. Share their stuff. Become a fan of their stuff. I'm telling you, once you start reading the stories that Jason and his team post, you'll want to be more active with Project K9 Hero, just like everyone over here. Yeah, man. You know, with Stop 22, we don't we don't take donations. It's really just a thing to get our veterans that are singer-songwriters out there and in front of people. We fall underneath the Romans Warrior Foundation umbrella which is what takes the global war on terror wall around the United States. And that does move on uh, on donations. So I just every, ask everybody out there to please go check out Romans Warrior Foundation. Uh, Project Canine Hero is where we need to direct our attention right now. I mean, 
He is he's moving up at the speed of light, man. And I'm 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 I don't think I could be any more proud to watch Jason do what he's do. I was in Michigan. I got up at 6 a.m. just to watch him on Good Morning America, and I'm taking videos of it and Snapchats. I sat at the red light for five seconds past that was green, trying to catch the billboard changing for a project so I could take a picture and send it to him. So I'm just proud, man. I'm proud to watch him do this because I know a lot of people are getting so much out of it. So please, everybody, go give your donations to The Wall and Project K9 Hero. And hopefully when you get The Wall and Project K9 Hero out there, Stop 22 will come with it. Well, do y'all have anything else you want to ask them or say before we get off here? I have one more question. If you yes, if you could tell like anyone that was younger, because you said you were young, you didn't have the connections, that was why it didn't work. So if you could give a piece of advice to someone that's young and they want to start a nonprofit, chase a dream, what would be your advice? Yeah, I think I think education and work experience is important, but I have a few things that I live by. And this, this will take you a long way. Treat every person that you meet like they can change your life forever. Every person. I don't care if that's at the gas station, a janitor. I met Steven in the bathroom at Zany's <laughs> 11 years ago. And here we are today. Meet every person you meet like they can change your life forever. Show them that respect. And I think that'll go a long way. And, you know, in this business, we meet a lot of people who just blow us off. They don't have the time for us. They're too good for us. They don't know who we are. You know, they don't know what we've been through. They don't they don't know we served in Iraq and Afghanistan or in the government or the police and all the things we've done. They don't know anything about us. But, you know, if you can have that open mind and just be open minded with everything and uh, and then surround yourself with people who are as driven as you are, but who are smarter and just as passionate. And that will help, too, because it takes a team. It takes a tribe. Stephen knows this and I know this. I started it by myself, but we didn't get to this level by myself. And I, I surround myself with some of the best people in the world. And um, that's what helps. That's what helps really drive it home. So those are my two pieces of advice for anyone listening out there. Um, it never burned bridges. I think this generation, there's a new generation that thinks burning bridges and ghosting people. That's OK. Like that's, you know, hey, just don't ever call them back. You know, if you owe somebody a response, if you owe someone an email, a text. Now, a cold call, that's different. Right. But. If, if you're working with somebody, you own something, follow up with that. And, and, and the whole follow up and be personable, I think, is what helps me so much. You know, hey, you know, me, me and Josh and me and Steven, we talk all the time. But, hey, we all got lives and shows and business to do. If I don't hear from Josh that minute, he'll get back with me by that night. Same with Steven. Steven called me. I might not be able to answer the phone, but I'll get back with him that day. And, you know, we'll talk about what we got to talk about. And I, I feel... I feel so many people in this world don't do that. And I'll give you an example. As fundraising is as hard as can be. Fundraising is so difficult. Uh, over the weekend, I, I still needed about 8,000 to reach my my 100,000 goal for this or this this nonprofit coming up. We, we surpassed it this morning. And um, I reached out to 40 partners and business owners that I know personally, personal cell phone. I had a, I, I said, hey, you know, we got the, we got it coming up. You're still interested in being a sponsor. Here's the level. Here's the link. Out of 40 text messages 26 never responded to me 14 did respond to me and two follow through so i had to send 40 for two to follow through that those are accurate numbers that's that's realistic the numbers so you know it, but these are people i know this wasn't a cold call mm -hmm. these are people i know personally you know what i mean so that's if you're going to be in this business too don't take no for an answer i mean uh, for me i i have to hear 100 no's for every yes 
Just yeah. like we're asking for big name artists to join the show. Uh, yeah. I might as well get used to 100 no's for every yes. I'm like, have you, read, have you read the book Go For No? Because it sounds like straight out of that book. <laughs> uh, yeah. Would you know that I'm so busy? I write some books, but I, I, I really don't. I hate to say it. I, I don't have time to read any books. <laughs> well, you just sounded like straight out of that book. That's, that's okay. I can't read. Yeah. I'm dyslexic as shit. I don't like that. But I hope that helps. I hope that helps. And, you know. Guys like Steve and I are here to help other veterans find their way. I mean, you know, it's, again, veterans helping veterans. It's important to us. Uh, if we can succeed and, and help each other, you know, it's important to me. And the great thing about Project Canine Hero, and I do want to put this out because we talk about helping the dogs. But remember, every dog has an owner, except for the ones we have here. Those are veterans. Those are first responders. Those are government employees. They served in the Marines, the Air Force, the Navy, the Army. And so every time we help pay a $5,000 dog bill, that's taking mental stress and a relief off that veteran or first responder that that could have led to a, a mental issue, a suicide issue, problems at home, problems with their family, all kinds of things. So we're more than a dog organization. You know, I, I, I know Stephen had a service dog that he cared for deeply, Semper. And, um, you know, a lot of these veterans are closer to their dogs than they are their, their family. And when our organization can step in and save their life and, and pay for cancer treatments that they could never afford, you can only imagine the relief that comes off them. And that's stuff that could have led to the 22 a day. And that's stuff that could have led to home problems and family problems. So Project Canine Hero encompasses all of that. Dude, I just love it. Anytime that we can have you, Steven, any organizations like this on the show, that is what this is for. Like, I know there's a lot of, uh, I'm not trying to toot my own horn when I say this either. I just think you prioritize what's right, morals over money and shit. Like, I don't care if it's not a flashy clickbait or whatever, having y'all on the show is what's right. Having to put y'all out there and get y'all in touch with the people that's in my world to have y'all be out there more to make the platform bigger. That's what we're supposed to be doing with this shit. We're not supposed to be pushing stupid fucking assholes day in and day out that are just drama-filled, this just dumbasses. This is the kind of stuff that needs to be out there. This ought to be the stuff that gets millions of views every time. And I'm not talking about the podcast. I'm talking about your organizations. Like every time you post something, there ought to be a million people looking at everything you do. And the fact that there isn't is a crime, but we'll get there one day. That's the, that's why we do this is why we network. That's why we push and have great people like Brooklyn and Cam come in to do a show with you guys. That way there's just more. We, we, we build into their audience. So I just want to thank both of you guys for coming on for a little bit. I hate that we're not going to make it on the 27th or 25th. Please don't freeze your ass off. Uh, avoid some of that snow and ice up there. And uh, I just, if y'all got anything y'all want to say real fast before we get off here, um, we'll get done with it and we'll post this tomorrow morning and uh, we'll get a, uh, and by the way, Steven, whenever your, your event gets closer to time, I know you said it was the 29th of February. Fake hit, date. Hit me up. And we'll do a show like a week or so before just to drive yeah. more people to it as well. Yep. That's great. And man, I know I said I couldn't be there on the seventh, but anything that you need from me yep. in the future, if I can be there, bro, I'll be there. Well, we do we do our raising grace rounds at Live Oak once a month. And I was just gonna invite you to come play some songs. Oh okay. yeah, man. Well, hey, the next time it's available, I'll be there. All right, cool. We'll we'll line yeah. it up for you, brother. Yeah. Well, cool. All right, folks. Well, Thank uh, Cam and Brooklyn and Steven and Jason. Please go look at the organizations. Once again, the 25th, Nashville Palace, Nashville, Tennessee, Project K9 Hero, Performance for Pauls. Uh, go check out projectk9hero.org, buy some merch, make a donation, all that good shit. 
you're not going to find a better organization out there. Thank you all for listening to the Josh Terry Podcast. We will catch you all later.